Welcome to the Empowering Midlife Wellness Podcast, where we talk about everything to do with midlife women's wellness and creating the best second half of life. I'm your host, Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith. I'm a board-certified gynecologist, certified menopause practitioner and hormone replacement specialist, as well as an ICF-certified life and leadership coach and lots of other things. So if you want to check me out and learn about my private practice and other offerings, my website is www www.drsusan.com. That's D-R-S-U-S-A-N.com. It's my commitment to stay neutral by not accepting advertising dollars from sponsors. So all of these episodes are offered freely. And the best way that you can help this podcast is to share it with your friends, leave a positive review, and also keep in mind this is simultaneously posted in video format on YouTube, where you can find me by searching for Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith. This week on Empowering Midlife Wellness, I have my dear friend Meg Ellis back again. She is a conscious life coach and founder of Phoenix 8 Consulting, and she'll be going through what it's like to be in a conscious coaching relationship with her or someone else like her. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I have my great friend Meg Ellis back again. You probably remember Meg's been on this show several times now, and Meg is the founder, owner of Phoenix 8 Consulting here in Houston. She's a conscious life coach, which is such a great thing. I'm so great, glad to have you back I'm with us. I'm so happy to be back. I love every time we have a conscious conversation, so thank you for having me back. So what's this got to do with midlife wellness? Well, just about everything because, you know, I'm a coach too, and mm-hmm. people come to a coaching relationship because they want to change something, right? right. I mean, you're not going to go hire a coach if everything in life is perfect. You're coming when you want to change something, mm-hmm. or you're in the middle of a transition or change where you just feel stuck. right. Right. There's a lot of people out there who just feel stuck. And uh, I think the biggest thing, and, and tell me if this, this might speak to you, uh, you, something feels off, but you don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, you're, you're too in the weeds in your own life, and, uh, or maybe you felt stuck for so long that it just helps to have somebody else kind of take what's in your mind and make some sense of it and, and figure it out from an outside perspective. Right. Well, as a coaching client myself, and Meg has helped me as my coach, and I've had other coaches through the years, and then also as a coach myself, I've been so inspired by this. And this all happened to me, my desire to reach out for coaching as a client right around midlife. So midlife is just characterized by transition and change. Just what you said about feeling stuck and having no one to help you, Mm -hmm. that kind of feels like perimenopause, right? For those of you going through it. So yes, you want to seek the medical help and people like me are there for that. And then the mindset part of this whole journey is as important as the hormones or equally important. It's like a soup. You just cannot be successful without the mindset part being right. Exactly. And I love that you said that. Um, you know, a lot of people think when you, when you're, you're stuck, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Or you're trying to get out of it and you don't know what steps to take. And a lot of times people will actually try and take action and that's really good. But because they haven't sorted out the mindset piece, the action doesn't resonate because it's not aligned with a lot of things going on in there. So uh, I like to take action. You definitely need action. You know, do do the things. 
but inspired action. Right. And well, action that comes from confusion is going to lead to a confused outcome, right? Right, so, right. Um, yeah, all of that. So this has all got to do with midlife wellness. And I, once in a while, want to come back to the coaching aspect or the mindset aspect because I feel like, you know, if I'm putting stuff out there, which is, I think it's important, hopefully you find it useful about hormones and supplements and exercise and nutrition and diet, all that's fantastic. But it, we're not talking about what we need to make it work. So for example, this comes up all the time for me every day for our patients who are in our weight loss program, for example, like how do you carry through these actions where it's a major habit change? Yeah. For example, or um, I'm about to hit empty nuts. Like, how do we approach empty nuts that time in our lives with positivity and optimism and take actions yeah. in order to create the life that we want? So this is what Meg does, <laughs> you guys. So I wanted to just dig into a little bit about, you know, how does your coaching program work? Like, what does conscious coaching mean? Right. I guess there's a lot to unpack here. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about action and I love action. You cannot achieve your goals without action. But again, it's like, what action do I take? Uh, and a lot of people, when they're getting unstuck or they're trying to figure this out, or I'm in a rut or something just feels off and they, they go out and, and take an action, right? Even as a coach, I could tell you, I could be um, someone who coaches action and I do, but I don't do that unless we coach beliefs too. I can go out and say, hey, what's your goal? And a, and a client can, can say, and, and I have a fitness background, and I, I find that fitness metaphors are always good examples that people can easily follow. They really are. Um, so I'll, I'll use that as an example. But uh, someone can come to me and say, hey, I want to lose 15 pounds. And we could come up with a plan for that. And I could say, hey, go to the gym every single day, and, or five times a week, and no more carbs right? Those are the actions. And someone would say, okay, yeah, this, this will work. And that will work for a few days, a few days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that, honestly, the most common answer I get is it lasts until lunch, you know, um, speaking from experience too. So here's the thing is you can coach action and you do need action, but, uh, what happens before action is your beliefs, mm -hmm. right? You have to, to sort those out first. Why is this action going to work for you or not work for you? It's based on your beliefs. But a lot of times people don't take the time or know to take the time because conscious living is all about your mindset and taking the time to understand, hey, what's going on in there, mm -hmm. right? Uh, understand, hey, what is going on in there? What thoughts, what beliefs are in my head uh, being either my biggest cheerleaders or my biggest critics on all the action that I'm about to take. Yeah. So backing it up just one step to, to focus on what am I thinking in there? Right. Know? Yeah. And I love that. And I know there are several parts to that you break down uh, as to how your coaching works. And we've talked a little bit about uh, personality types. You and I both really resonate with the Enneagram. Yes, I system. love the Enneagram. <laughs> Changed my life, so now I'm... Okay, I kind of did mine too. So just really, it's a huge topic. You could read giant books about Enneagram mm -hmm. personality testing and analysis. But uh, why is that important to know what personality type you have? So, and I could talk about this um, all day long, but I won't. I'll keep it as brief and, and um, give an overview here. But I love the Enneagram because... It's, it's rooted in motivators. So it's not going to tell you, hey, uh, you, 
your, these are your strengths. You should be an engineer or, you know, take this route or this is how you communicate. Those aspects are there, but it takes it a little bit deeper. It's actually rooted in personal development. So it tells you your motivators, your, your core fears and your core desires are what motivates your, your action, right? But what your motivators are, are essentially these beliefs that you have, right? right? Mm -hmm. So let's just back it up and study the mind, right? If we're going to study the consciousness of the mindset, let's just talk about how your mind forms and, and how you got to believe what you believe now. Um, when you are really young, you are in a brain wave, right? Your brain resonates on a certain wavelength and it's called theta. And your brain is essentially a sponge, right? You take in all this information. You can't really critically think, analyze things, but everything you, that comes your way, you uh, assign as truth. Now, do you remember some of it? Yes. Do you remember some of it? No. But uh, at this point in your time, this is where your beliefs start to form. And then as you get older, your brain waves change and you start assigning truth to certain beliefs. And this is where habits now form. So your beliefs then form these thought patterns and the ones that stick that you have assigned truth to become your habits. And by now our brain is a completely different brain, brain wave length. Uh, so how you can critically think, you can analyze, you're very smart, you can depict situations, you can deduce information, but you can't really relearn things as easily as you are when your brain was a sponge, right? So take for instance, uh, I'm trying to learn Spanish right now, and my three-year-old nephew is just crushing it. He is yeah. way <laughs> just crushing me uh, in his ability to pick up a new language because his brain is a sponge, uh, and mine is more of like a rock, right? So it's harder for us as we get older to learn new things, to break off old patterns, habits. But here's the thing is these habits over time develop who you are. And it is possible. So I'm going to challenge your rock and say that rock mm -hmm. does have some plasticity to it because, mm -hmm. of course, we know the brain can change, but for yep. sure it's so much harder. It's and, harder. And it's not impossible, though. It's not impossible, but it's harder. And, yeah, I have kids who pick up languages like that mm -hmm. fluent Spanish in a year. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we don't have that anymore, but it's never too late to learn, and we can change our brains. That idea mm -hmm. that people never change is just incorrect. It's I mean, so incorrect. Can change. That's a belief that we've mm -hmm. been conditioned to believe. Yeah. So, essentially, we've been conditioned our beliefs, we're conditioned to patterns and habits, and then you have your personality, right? Uh, this is just who I am. I've always done things this way. That's just the way he is, that kind of right. mentality. And whereas that's not true. Now, coming back to the Enneagram, we do all have uh, an underlying personality type, mm -hmm. right? But there's a lot of fluidity within that, which is what I love right. about the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. You know, some people, when I've talked about personality testing, they have another limiting belief, which is don't put me in a box. Mm -hmm. You're going to put me in a box and that's not who I am. Well, that's another limiting belief about personality tests. Yes, and exactly. Some of them are like that, right? Yes. Enneagram's very fluid. You can mm -hmm. you can be on one end or the other of a spectrum within mm -hmm. a certain personality mm -hmm. type, right? Which yeah, is so there, there's essentially, I mean, hundreds. If you break it down and add in all the components with wings and levels of health and subtypes, there's 250 personalities out there. But generally speaking, there's nine motivators. So you're going off of what motivates you, and, and there's so much fluidity from there. And how I describe it is, because I, you know you do come into this, don't put me in a box. I don't want to be just called this. I don't want to be called this. I'm so much more. And that's exactly it. 
you, before your beliefs and thought patterns and habits formed, you, who were you? That is your essence of who you are. I describe a personality as a mask, right? You are just wearing a mask. And what happens is a lot of people don't know they are wearing a mask. They identify with their personality. This is just who I am. I've always done things this way. I can't change, right? And again, a self-limiting belief going back to that. But if you start thinking about your personality as a mask, first step is, let me realize I'm wearing a mask, you know? And then you take it off, you analyze it, that's called personal development, and you say, okay, I really like this part, this part, this part, I wanna keep that, but this part I don't really like. And this Mm -hmm. is consciousness, right? right? Becoming aware of this. So if I know um, that beliefs form thought patterns, which form habits, which form your personality, then uh, wouldn't it be nice to have some type of test or personality typing system that can can run that back, right? Mm-hmm. So I use the Enneagram as a little funnel. It expedites, hey, what is this belief that's in there that's holding me back? So just as an example, and I'm going to put a link to a really simple test that you can mm-hmm. take. Oh, yes. I, um, I love those. Enneagram testing is really simple and quick. It's just a few questions. Mm-hmm. And there are lots yeah. of them out there, but I'll put a link to one below that. Yeah, I'll give I you know, my preferred one. It's that, free. That Meg likes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just say, for example, um, I am an Enneagram eight and I've tested many, many, many times and I'm always an Enneagram eight. Uh, what does that mean to you? So what does that mean to me as a coach or mm-hmm. someone yeah, who so just you're, reads... I'm your client in okay. this scenario and you okay. found out I'm an Enneagram eight. What about that could be useful for a coaching relationship? Love that. Okay, so how I use that information is, again, it goes back to the motivators. So an eight out of nine, there's nine types, an eight's core fear and a core motivator is all around control. So your core fear is somebody else controlling you and your core desire is to be in control. So you naturally, naturally, right, with our mask on, feel more comfortable when you are in a situation that's in control where you're in control. And naturally, you are going to be disrupted internally anytime that someone tries to come in and control you. you know? Which is so true, by the way. So <laughs> I'm, I'm all in on this idea. I didn't like it at first. Yeah. Part of us kind of resists. Uh, these, I, yeah, uh, it's... it's uh, but they, uh, they turn out to be true. Uh, they yeah. do. it, And if you use that, again, with a positive intention, right... Mm-hmm. Um, where you could read something, everybody has a choice at the end of the day, and say, no, 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 that's not me. But when you do that, what are you really able to change? Nothing, right? Uh, I always invite everyone to come in as an open mind and see where could this be true, right? And it's all about changing that lens of, you know, whenever I discovered I'm a seven, and... So what's what's a characteristic of a seven, just for example? Uh, we're, we're, we're the enthusiast. Mm-hmm. So we like to have fun. You know, we, we, our core desire is to be fulfilled, have purpose and have fun along the way. And so what I realized was, and this was the kicker for me when I took my very first test, I, cause I was like, what is this? You know, I don't, I never heard of it before. Um, our core fear is when you're trapped in pain. And of course, nobody likes to be controlled. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to be trapped in pain. But for whatever Enneagram type that is, it's, it's the worst, you know, mm-hmm. the worst of all the other ones. And so how it resonates was something that I had never considered before. Um, getting bored. I hate being bored because that's trapped in pain. Confrontation. Hate being trapped in, in a painful 
com- like confronting situation. And so what we do is we're out of there, right? So when it came to business, I had 15 different projects that were all fun and, and you know, we're really creative people, but it was fun and I liked the fun part of it. But when it got to that hard part where I didn't know the answer and it became painful for me, I was not going to stick through that and see it out. I was going to bounce, start another project, and then have 15 unfinished projects, right? So just with these couple of examples, I think you can start to understand mm-hmm. how one could let that control your life, really, mm-hmm. so if you're unaware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can say for many years, and those of you who knew me when I was younger will attest to this, my desire to control and always be in charge and mm-hmm. be a leader I had some very positive uh, aspects to it. You know, I was able to lead organizations and mm-hmm. start things and, and push things along. The flip side of that is that it can, it, it can be a little pushy, a little mm-hmm. domineering, a little overbearing. And so... Mm-hmm. Having an understanding of that uh, it now helps me to see how that works. And then I can make a choice right. to do something a little softer and uh, approach people in a way that might come across better for them. So you can sort of see how in, the, in your situation, you would develop strategies to be able to finish projects and right. to not overcommit. And Well, it's just about understanding yourself. You know, I... Yeah. I coach people say hey I just want to be confident how can I show up as a confident version of myself and really the most confident people out there are not the best at things they're not perfect they are just the people who understand themselves the most right Mm -hmm. I understand and I don't want to hone on all the bad parts of you know quote-unquote bad parts of the Enneagram uh this will light up what you're good at too. Oh, absolutely. Right. So if you're kind of like in this place where you're stuck and I don't know what to do maybe you're in this this midlife um Yeah, the soup. Yeah, where you know, hey, my kids are off to college now, and Mm -hmm. I'm empty nester, and and uh, or I've retired, and I don't know what to do with all my time. Well, what are you good at? What What are your passions? You know, what what motivates you? And so it's a nice way to kind of give you a little guidance. Again, a little funnel, a little magnifying glass, we'll call it, um, into the soup of what what lights me up. What am I naturally fulfilled with? by, you know, figuring out just a little bit about myself. And then yeah. again, so with interesting. growth, it's like the other side, it's, hey, how can I just get to know myself and not repeat these lessons? You know, have you ever, like, why is this happening to me again? Mm-hmm. How Same did I end thing. up here again? You live this lesson right. over again instead of learning from it. So it's a great tool for that. Right. So take the Enneagram test. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. So there's so much in that. We could talk about that for a long time. I really think that's helpful to me personally. Mm-hmm. It's been so helpful Same. Um, to understand myself and where my, what I call zones of genius are. And, and also to understand how other people perceive me. Mm-hmm. Because you know, good and bad. So there's not one best type. They're they're all beautiful and equally mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. And they all have uh, potential pitfalls and potential areas where you can excel. So it's a great great idea. So that's a great when you enter a coaching relationship. Mm-hmm. That would be part of what you do at first. Yes, I always love to know the motivators. Uh, it just helps me. It, it maximizes our time together. It just expedites everything. And if you're dating. I actually did this after oh, I got yeah. divorced. <laughs> when I was dating for a while after I got divorced, uh, I would make, if I was introduced to anybody, I would make them take the Enneagram test mm-hmm. before I would even talk to them. Oh, yeah. I, I do that, too. One guy actually said, um, I said, I need to know your sign, like your natal chart, um, like all, all of your signs. Mm-hmm. And here's this Enneagram test. Just take a right. screenshot of your, your results at the end. And he goes, what is this, an application to date you? I said, yeah, kind of. 
That'd be really yeah. helpful. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So, so once you've done that, you're going to understand the client better. They're going to yes. understand themselves better. Exactly. And it's then... just meant as a tool. It's an added resource. How can you understand yourself more? How can I understand you more? Right. Uh, how could others understand you more? So, and then just going back to the point. So you are entering a coaching relationship with the desire to make a positive change in your mm -hmm. life. So now you know the personality type that you're coming in with mm -hmm. and what some of your skill sets might be within that, mm -hmm. which is so helpful and where you might trip over too, which is so helpful. And then, so what, what else is, uh, it's such right. a great, amazing. So now it's like, now what? Yeah, now, now I know, now. now I kind of have an idea of what beliefs are holding me back, mm -hmm. right? Now, what do I do with them? I didn't know they were there before. That's called an unconscious belief. And now I do. I know they're here. So let's just use a scenario. I love one of the ones that you brought up because this is mm -hmm. such a common one for those of us in our age group. Let's just say um, you're a 50-year-old woman. Kids have just left. You're kind of bored with your career. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to think about what is it that's going to light me up for the rest of my life? It's not the job I'm in now. Uh, where do I go? I can't decide. So this is, mm -hmm. the, this is what we're presenting with. Yeah. So we've got our Enneagram type. We have our type, we know where, what motivates us, right? Mm -hmm. What am I avoiding due to my core fear and what would really make me happy, right. right? So how could I bring consciousness to that? Because now I'm conscious of this thought. Now I, now I can see how my actions, going back to our, our second favorite word, beliefs and then actions, um, now I can see what unconscious actions have been resonating due to my unconscious beliefs, right? Things you just do. Right? And a lot of times, especially I think with females, um, women, uh, we, we kind of run, run the roost. <laughs> you know, we, we put everybody else above us. Right? And I'm actually not married anymore, um, and I don't have any kids. And I see this as a theme, because I coach a lot of women, of everybody else comes first. And that is a belief that you have in your head. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Specific types... Um, more so than others, but why do you believe that? That's a great way to figure out why I believe that, but everybody else comes first, I'm last. I, I will pour from an empty cup if I have to. Um, I'm here to be the caretaker, right? I don't deserve to have my best life ever because everybody else has to have their best life ever and or not everybody can be happy. These are all these They're recurring all such programs. They're all beliefs, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I love that idea, like we're that they're not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not. I like to call them stories. Mm -hmm. uh, now that might sound, I don't want to sound like I'm invalidating any of these or making light of them, but the word story just indicates that there's a possibility that it's not true. Mm -hmm. So I think for yeah. me, just even just going the step to believing, you know, is there a possibility that that's not true? Mm -hmm. Questioning it. Right. Just being curious. Like if, in that scenario, maybe I have a story that I can't apply for that job because I'm too old or mm -hmm. I'm never going to be able to learn something new because I'm too old or I'm, I'm not going to financially be able to support myself or all of these reasons why it won't work, mm -hmm. right? And so if I'm going into this new part of life with five reasons why it won't work, right, it won't work. It won't work. And this is my third foundation. So I use the Enneagram and then we bring consciousness to all these things that are going on in your mind. Oh, this is what I actually believe. Yeah. And yeah. this is how it's resonated in my life and my actions. But here's the thing is, again, you can fix it. You can address it. You can change it. You, it's not too late, right? That is the first belief that we're going to knock off right off the, the table. 
um, and I don't care what your situation is, it is not too late. That's a really, that's a very common one for mm-hmm. women my age, that it's too late to do anything different. Mm-hmm. I'm too old, it's too late to restart all of those things, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because it, it's scary, right? It is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, our minds tend to talk us out of scary things in order to keep us safe. That's just a, a very primal instinct that we have. It's, it's just part of being a human. So untraining your brain from that to say, hey, I can do hard things. I can do scary things. This isn't real. Mm. Right? This fear that I'm, this uh, scenario I'm imagining in my mind, it's actually not real. So bringing consciousness to that, but because why is it important to bring consciousness to these beliefs? Because um, my, my third foundation is the law of attraction, which in its purest form says energy flows where your attention goes. Yeah, that's such a good one. And you create more of the energy that you already have, right? So let me break this down. If I think it's too late, if my attention is going on, uh, I'll never be able to get the skill set. Everybody else has to be happy before I can be happy. Not everybody can be happy. I can't do this. Uh, it's, it's too late for a fresh start, whatever that might be. If my attention keeps going there, you create more of that energy. And how this works is your mind, um, actually searches for things to support what it already believes. Mm. Oh yeah, we do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, if you want a reason to be mad, you're gonna find one. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but um, if you want a reason, you know, to, to not go to the gym, you're gonna find one. Yeah, right? I mean, we've all, we experience that all the time, don't we? Like mm-hmm. the, see, I told you he did that thing that I knew he was gonna do. You're just, you're just like waiting you're for looking to fall in a trap. You always <laughs> find what you look for. Right. When was the last time, aside from your keys or your phone, um, and you, so then you still always find it, but you always find what you look for. So as a coach, it's, it's very helpful to come in as again, some outside eyes and completely neutral by the way, and not judgmental. Um, your coach, whether whoever it is, is there to be a unbiased, um, non-judgmental helper supporter for you, right? right? Because we've either done it or seen it all. Right. So when it's an extra pair of eyes on mm-hmm. your BS, really, and I'm talking about myself as a coach and client, like mm-hmm. uh, recognizing, like you said, the stories that we have. And recognizing that they may just be stories is mm-hmm. so, uh, oh, just enlightening and, and such a relief to yes. recognize that there are other possibilities and mm-hmm. all of these things that I've thought were so certain, because that's another part mm-hmm. of my Enneagram 8-ness. I like to be right and sure about everything, but just softening around that a little bit and, mm-hmm. and seeing that there's not only one way to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to stay in this house for the next seven years. I don't have to... Do any of the things that I have mm-hmm. said to myself, well, you have to do this and you must do that. Yeah. All of those are, whenever I tell myself have to, should, should or yeah. must, or any of those things, that's a tip for me just to question it with, look, mm-hmm. wait, wait a minute, who said that? And right. it's kind of fun when you start pulling your well, stories apart. I, I love that you said that because I'm also an NLP practitioner, which means neuro-linguistic programming. So, uh... Long story short, your mind plays tricks on you, so you just play tricks on it back, essentially, but uh, it's all about linking your verbiage to your thoughts, right? Your thoughts come out as words. So noticing what you say, again, bringing consciousness 
to the words that you say. Are you saying a lot of, I can't? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Will never. You know, yeah. you, you take into account, okay, I'm actually saying this word never a lot. Mm-hmm. What is that telling me about what I'm thinking inside? I'm using the word should a lot, right? My daily calendar that is overbooked with things that I have to do for everybody else, it's a, there's a lot of shoulds on there. Mm-hmm. And you once you see it, you can't unsee it, but you have a choice. You can do something about it and actually make a change in your life, which I think everybody who comes to a coaching relationship is at least interested in. They might not be ready, um, and that's fine. Or you could continue on the path that you're on, not changing anything and thinking your life is going to change. Yeah. That's insanity. Right. Yeah. So this all of uh, myself, I'm sure many of you probably have felt the same way too. We, we don't have to be stuck in that doing mm-hmm. the same things over and over again. And I personally was really stuck in doing the same things over again, having the mm-hmm. same outcomes, same relationship difficulties, butting my head against the same stopping points mm-hmm. because I had not uh, developed any consciousness around what was motivating me and why I was doing things. Mm-hmm. And so not that I don't ever get stuck anymore. Of course I do, but I can sort of separate myself and see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. There's a, a point that in uh, the system that I like to use is called unblending where you just sort of separate yourself from the story and it's not... Mm-hmm. It's not you anymore. You don't have to get in bed with the idea, the y'all one with it. You can actually look at it as an observer. Right, yeah, remove uh, yourself from it. Which is so fun. So can people actually, you do this for a living, do people mm-hmm. actually change? Do people actually they do. make um, changes and, and find solutions to these big, difficult problems? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll say this, I, I coach from experience. I did this myself for years, about four or five years I dedicated to my own personal changes and growth. And, um, it's, it's really quite amazing. And that's why I, I use all three of these foundations that I mentioned, um, the Enneagram consciousness and the law of attraction. They all helped me so significantly just understand myself. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know? Um, and so when I realized, Oh, this, this works and I, I love this. I knew it was my purpose to help other people figure it out too, right? It's not a big secret. It's just that no, like everybody can do it. I think that's the secret. Everybody can do it. And it's really great to to work with people and see the amazing changes. And this is things from, you know, uh, familial relationships to career changes to uh, lifestyle living. You know, it's, it's kind of all encompassing depending on the client, but I think the biggest key for success is repetition, mm-hmm. right? You can't just do things one time. You can't, um, you know, have this goal of losing 15 pounds and go to the gym one time. And then it's not going to happen, right? It takes that repetition because here's another thing about the way your mind works. We have these beliefs, these habits, these thoughts, these patterns, right? Who we are, these little, like little neurons are here. They're in this long-term relationship and mm-hmm. they love it, right? Your mind literally just tries to keep you safe and comfortable. That's the biggest trap. 
So they don't have to do much. This is the belief. I've thought it for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, right? That's locked in. Yeah. And it's, it's wired together. They wired say. together. Wires together. Wires together. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's our default go-to, right? That's just yeah. naturally where our brain That's goes just, unless we mm -hmm. do something consciously to interrupt it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can do something consciously to interrupt it. So like if I'm over here saying, um, my needs aren't as important as my family's. Right? That, and I've thought that for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. That's really strong. Now you could, now we have consciousness of this, but you could say one time, my needs are important. Mm -hmm. And these two little neurons are like, mm, she's kind of cute, but I don't know who that was, you know? <laughs> and they're like, we love each other. But if you, um, it, it takes time to, to create that new neural pathway. Mm. I, I deserve the life that I want. My needs are important. My needs are important. I deserve to fulfill my needs too. Over and over and over again, you are carving out a new neural pathway. So these two neurons over here that have this self-limiting belief, they're like, you know what? We might need, we might be needed over there. So they break up and then that is how you form a new thought. And that takes time. That's the, I think that another secret of this whole thing is just time. Yeah. And that is, uh, there's tons of neuroscience about this. This is real science about actually forming grooves in your brain. Mm -hmm. It's quite amazing that the brain is really plastic and that yeah. forming those grooves, just like you were saying, it's like, like water forming a path through rocks. I and mean, it mm -hmm. takes, you can still do time, it, but it right? takes time. So you can change. Mm -hmm. So so you can change. Saying you can't change is a limiting belief. Exactly. So uh, there, you know, this could show up in so many different ways. When we want something to change and we feel stuck, it could be something like changing your career. It could mm -hmm. be some of the other things that we've mentioned, or it could be uh, fixing a relationship or, yeah. or losing weight or anything. It could be anything. Literally anything that you put thought on. Right. So <laughs> I wanted just to walk through like a, a real life example of how one of these things might work. Uh, in a real life setting. And this is a true mm -hmm. story uh, of mine, actually. And so I approached Mug uh, some time ago because I was mm -hmm. really feeling stuck about the relationship with one of my kids. Uh, so one of my adult, young adult children and I had just really stopped communicating for a while. It was incredibly painful to me. I wasn't able to get through to her. Everything I was saying wasn't landing. I just felt stuck. Mm -hmm. And I'm a coach and I had all of the books and knowledge in the world, but I couldn't figure out what to do. So uh, I approached Meg and Meg already knew my Enneagram type, mm -hmm. which was an eight. And so how did that help you understand why, what might be going on with, with me and her? Well, it helps me understand, again, the motivator, right? Your actions are, they're pure, right? They came from a pure intention. And, but it can serve as a little blind spot because your lens of how you approach life is very different than any anybody else's. Right. right? She's a totally different personality type. It doesn't matter what type, but not mm -hmm. doesn't see things the way I do in that way. Right. right. So while you have this good intention behind your blind spot, it's still a blind spot. And how it was resonating is it, it can come off as well. You're trying to control the situation, which which I was. Yeah. And, and because here's the thing: is uh, you might not recognize it as well, no, because you're like, this is just how I am. This is, right. this is who I am. This is how I um, approach difficulties, right? right? But here it is, is if you detach the need for the control, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we talked about. Hey, um, listen up the control here. Don't feel the need to control. Because honestly, in that situation, any, anybody who feels like they are trying to be controlled will automatically push back. Right. Right. So um, alleviate your need 
for control or whatever your motivator might be, but in this case it was control. And then we paired that with the law of attraction with with the visualization. Right, so I recognized very painfully <laughs> that my actions were being perceived as being overbearing and controlling and then she was withdrawing and shutting down. Mm -hmm. And so just recognizing that from a detached point of view it made me really, yeah, shoot, I, I, I see that. Okay, I need to stop pushing and stop saying, you know, stop trying to fix the situation overnight and just mm -hmm. give some space, which is very difficult because it goes against that neural pathway. Yeah, that, that natural, <laughs> right. already carved out pathway of, I need to have control. <laughs> right. But you have an attachment to control, and that serves as an even bigger blind spot because now I'm attached to it. Right. So there's a lesson in even alleviating the control. Yes, it actually it's twofold because the person on the receiving end, they they feel that weight come off, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, even on the your own personal side, you are overcoming your own personal challenge of I will be okay if I do not have control. Yeah, and that was actually one of the mantras that we used. Mm -hmm. So in the going back to the repetition and law mm -hmm. of attraction, Meg asked me because this was in a, a time when I was. I had all kinds of negative stories mm -hmm. running. I'm never going to see her again. She's never going to talk to me. Mm -hmm. She's not going to come home for the holidays. She loves her dad more than me. She did all the things, right? I'm a bad parent. I must have done something wrong. Like just piles of negativity that I was recycling. Mm -hmm. And then in doing that, based on the law of attraction, I was just piling on, making mm -hmm. it worse. And then looking for more things to support those beliefs right. that are already in there. Yeah, and so coming, so you imagine me in a, a proposed communication with with my daughter in this situation where I'm wanting control over everything and coming in with a bunch of negative energy. The other person, of course, is withdrawing, and so when I could see, okay, this is this is the energy, this is what's happening here. Um, I need to put some space. Meg asked me to make some positive stories up, and so. I, you know, as someone who teaches this, it was quite difficult, but it was so useful. So she suggested yeah. write down a story about how in the future you guys are friends and you talk once a week on FaceTime and you get together for the holidays and you go shopping together. I remember that one. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's never going to happen, but I'll <laughs> yeah. write it down. Uh -huh. So I wrote all this stuff down and I'm like, pretty sure it's not going to work and just kept doing it over mm -hmm. and over again and creating a vision of how it could work out differently. Uh, well, to cut to the end of this, uh, now all of those things are actually happening, but it did take a year. Um, yeah. I actually just got back from spending the weekend with her and mm -hmm. um, I actually texted Meg while I was there. It's like, you know, all that stuff we wrote down, it's actually happening. Like I just lived the, I lived what I wrote down <laughs> on my paper, right. you know? So there was recognizing my personality type and how it was affecting the situation mm -hmm. with the Enneagram. There was recognizing the, the truth and the law of attraction and mm -hmm. how I was creating this negative outcome with my thoughts and how I could turn that around and mm -hmm. create something more positive. Yeah. Um, and then just being conscious of how all that worked. And it, it was it easy? No. Did mm -hmm. it happen overnight? No. Uh, did it take a lot of time to build trust? Absolutely. And yeah. then another thing, this is, again, I'm, I'm bringing this story to hope that you resonate and have a story that you might be able to put in its place. Um, while I was there this weekend, I, Meg and I were communicating and I was walking to um, our first meeting and I was setting an intention of how I wanted to show up and, and had a little mantra. I wanted to mm -hmm. be open. I wanted to be soft. I wanted to be honest and transparent. And, and, and I was able to do that and show up and be somebody who wasn't controlling and mm -hmm. wasn't overbearing. And 
wasn't like too much. Right. That also understanding other people's Enneagram type. <laughs> yes. Very useful. Understand self and then understand others. Right. It's very helpful. <laughs> so do send the test to your significant other too. <laughs> All right. So in those type of relationship um, stuck points, mm-hmm. knowing the other person's uh, motivations, uh, it's so helpful too because in her situation, she responds in a very negative way to mm-hmm. feeling of being controlled. So mm-hmm. that relationship could easily have completely broken down permanently mm-hmm. uh, had I remained stuck in my ways and said, no, yeah. I didn't. This is who I am. Right. I, I need this control. Right. Yeah. And there are so many stories that sounded true. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. do anything wrong. I don't deserve this and da, da, da. And you, you might, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you did, you would remain disconnected. But mm-hmm. if your goal and your true intention is to reconnect, like just letting go of some of those stories so powerful. So mm-hmm. this that's an example of how it actually works. Mm-hmm. So again, Mag uh, Phoenix Eight Consulting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Enneagram conscious, conscious uh, mm-hmm. coaching. Enneagram. Yeah. Enneagram consciousness, consciousness. and then uh, the law of attraction. Yeah. And um, I think with the if I, I could wrap it up in in one little sentence, it would just be you know you're like, I don't know if coaching is for me or not, or if this is real or not. Um, sounds a little woo woo or, you know, but I'm going to ask, do you, if you were to think about it and bring a little bit of consciousness to your thoughts, um, just, just be aware of how much time you spend thinking or worrying or planning for what you don't want hmm. versus what you do want. Cause that's a very good indicator of where your attention goes, energy is going to be flowing there. So, yeah, that's a really good reminder. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put the contact for Meg below yeah. if you're interested in entering a conscious coaching relationship with Meg or someone on her team. And, and just can you throw out a couple of uh, resources for people who are not able to engage with you mm-hmm. coaching? There's a couple of great books I know that you've shared with yes. me. Yes. Um, I love, actually. yes, there's, oh my gosh, there's, there's so many. Um, well, one, I have a podcast, uh, my own podcast and Dr. Susan has been a guest on my podcast many times. And, um, so tune into those episodes for sure, but it's called create your fate podcast. It's a free life coaching podcast. Um, put those links below too. If you, a really great book, um, that keeps it pretty simple for the law of attraction is a super tractor by Gabby Bernstein. It's a great book. And then super attractor. Yeah. That's a good one. You, you recommend it. Oh, it's great. It's, it's really great book. Um, just kind of over encompassing themes of, of law of attraction and, and how to apply it in your daily life. Um, and then, I mean, it, there's so many resources out there on the Enneagram. Um, I, my preferred tra- test is Truity. They have all kinds of information on there. There's there's books. The Road Back to You is a great Enneagram book. So we'll put those links below mm-hmm. too. Always oh, so great to have you back. Yeah, I always love um, coming on with you. So thank you all for having me back. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs>